from a continuity standpoint, we should probably just update people on a very important development. I know many people have probably been waiting with bated breath uh, who don't follow these things normally to get a status update mm-hmm. on how the Cowboys did in Thanksgiving. Ah. They fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked and appalled that the Cowboys would uh, lose a game. Yeah, you're not Oh, my joking. God. We looked great in the first quarter. Man, we came out like gangbusters. I was, like, sitting there eating stuffing going, yeah. Well, not stuffing because I can't have that now, but turkey <laughs> and just going, like, yeah, it's fucking great. Um, and then we just fucking bombed it for three quarters. Yeah, that that sounds right. My my again, my dad was a huge Cowboys fan. He just been so disappointed the past couple of years. He fucking switched to baseball, so I don't yeah. blame him. <laughs> it's been uh, it hasn't been great. Um, Curse you, Jerry Jones. I think was his name was the guy. Yeah, it's, it's still Jerry Jones. The guy fucking refuses to die. With yeah. all due respect <laughs> to the Jones family, I'm sure you know. You know, I take that back. That's a mean thing to say. I wish he. I wish him a very long, healthy prosperous life i would just like him to stop interfering with what the gm is trying to do all right i agree with that i don't think that's sports <laughs> but on behalf of my father i know he, i know he feels that way <laughs> um let's see any other i'm trying to think of like any other um <clears throat> little somewhat um i mean dragon age uh, day just passed right that's a big deal yeah dragon age day passed uh there, everyone who wanted a trailer and is sorely disappointed you did that to yourselves, Bioware had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Bioware said nothing about that. Y'all just hyping up for no reason now. Uh, by the to- Actually, by the time this episode airs, the VGAs would have already passed. Um, I don't think there's going to be... Oh, here, okay, let's... Uh, well, in, in the future, we will predict, was there Dragon Age content at the Video Game Awards? I'm going to say no. What do you think, Jordan? I, for the longest time, have said no. I've just been 100% there with you. I mm-hmm. get kind of a weird vibe that they might want to try and bring out another very small teaser. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the odds on that probably aren't good, but just for fun, I like to make I like to make unlikely fun predictions. Also, I'll go ahead and say, yeah, they they uh, showed a you know minute or less kind of t- teaser thing. See, I think the only reason they were there last year was because they had a slot for Anthem, but they bought a slot too big. So like, we're gonna get fifteen seconds or whatever for Dragon Age. Throw them a bone. I think that's what happened. And since they're not there for Anthem this year, they're not gonna be there. And that's my guess. Okay, I, you know I can mm-hmm. buy that as well. Mm-hmm. No anthem tees, no anthem next tees. I mean, I mean, what do they have, man? We don't know. Well, we don't know. They have, they have, have they? I don't think they've officially announced the anthem next. That was a leak from somewhere. Exactly. Right? That was a Jason yeah. Schreier leak again. The yeah. man is just on fire. But like, yeah, no. That's I think now's the time to come out on a big stage and say anthem. The next year of anthem is going to be the one. But they. But last year they said in like different different ways that they are going to be at the VGAs. It's been silence this year because I don't think they are. So. That's a good point. Yeah, by this time last year, we knew that they were going to be there in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And like, we nothing this year, and people have asked. So yeah, I don't think they're going to be there. Uh, but uh, I'll be there watching and making fun of all of the strange things happening anyway, because that's how, uh, as I said w- wonderfully on the stream, and people have made it into memes now, I eat cringe for breakfast. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite quotes from Gildethala. So when is the day? Is it going to be, well, again, by the time people are listening to this, it will have passed, but it's on December 12th? I think it's a Thursday, isn't it? So like this episode comes out right around the time it's actually airing. 
Oh, that's right. If, I, if I'm quick, I might set the audio up um, out before. Depends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The video version will be late because I'll be gone, but the audio version will be up. Anyway, we, we should get back to the topic because we've been chatting yes, about bullshit for actually, a while. Actually, well, it's very important because we have a great topic today. Today's topic is why Katie hates gingers. Katie Gittersallin, why do you hate gingers? <laughs> gingers because i myself am part ginger oh okay (laughs) um so uh no i i don't hate gingers uh i just hate gingers named tris oh Um, here we go (laughs) because fuck them all they think they know what's right for Geralt. no they just (laughs) a hoe (laughs) they just a hoe god we are getting right into it so today's Uh, topic is actually the Witcher 3, kind of just generally. Yeah. Um, we've both played The Witcher 3. Yes, mm-hmm. we, we primarily stick to Bioware games here, but many well, people have, have said that they want us to talk about The Witcher 3. I, I think it also, we should we should just be very upfront. We love talking about Bioware games, but we understand that at least for the next couple of e- a year plus, maybe, there's not going to be a lot we can talk about. We've already covered a lot of ground. So we, we do want to cover a couple of things. That what we we just have a lot of feelings for, and they could just be like special episodes. Um, and it's our show, and we're going to do what we want. So we're going to talk about the Witcher Three. <laughs> That's today. true. Um, <clears throat> so uh, yeah, I guess where do you want to start? I I think it might be helpful to like say our relationship with the game in like how much we've played and like when. Um, like I have played a little bit of Witcher One, and I hated it. I haven't gone back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did buy some of the books intending to read them, but I have not got around to it. Um, and I played, I, I technically have not played The Witcher 3 very much, but me and my husband played it together. I would play the Siri parts and he would play the Geralt parts. Uh, and we did that thinking there would be more Siri parts, but I guess not. But, um, I, I, I watched everything he did. So, um, and that was kind of like our couple thing. We originally started it at like a Thanksgiving break. We played through the intro and weren't like completely sold on it. And then we came back to it like about six months later and then played the rest of it and fell in love with it. So that's, I guess, and that was maybe like eight months ago from when we're doing this. So uh, I guess that's my story with The Witcher. When when did you play it? What, how, what, what's your story? Cool. I have, I have a bit of a longer history with it, so I'll do mm-hmm. it quickly. Like I've played through the whole series. Mm-hmm. I've read the short story collections and mm-hmm. the novels, so I'm big on those. I didn't start mm-hmm. with those, though. Um I started with The Witcher 1. I actually got um, a free copy of The Witcher 1 back when I was a manager at a GameStop. Very rarely you would actually get free games, and that was Mm -hmm. one of the ones that got gifted. And I had just heard really good things about The Witcher 1, but never played it. Um, So I played... I actually didn't beat The Witcher 1 when I first tried to play it. I did not have a good enough PC at the time, so it was really tough to play it. Uh Um, I went back and played it when The Witcher 2 came out. Mm Mm-hmm. And so for The Witcher 3, I was 100% hyped for that game coming out. Like, that is what really moved me. Like, I've only really been fully over to PC since The Witcher 3, since about 2015. Like, I bought a new computer and everything to play that on PC. Mm -hmm. Um, I have 300, 400 hours into The Witcher 3. Mm -hmm. And that's that's only across, like, three playthroughs, I think. Okay. So I've only ever done the one. Yeah, so. so I fucking love the game. Yeah. So in, in this case, uh, you're the Gildrathalan, and I'm the person who doesn't know very much about Dragon Age. So. I ha- you know, I will say, I have a weird memory sometimes for, like, I'll forget certain things about The Witcher, even though I've played it three times. I was having that happen to me right before we started, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck yeah. What's his name? Avalok. He's important. How did I forget his name? <laughs> oh, 
Oh gosh. Well, I guess. Um, where do you want to start? What do you want to talk about? I know. I know. We'll definitely get into the Tris versus, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Tris versus Yen thing in a bit. Um, maybe like we start out with some like what, what, what happened to Siri in your game, and what do you, what do you think is best for her? Oh, you're going straight to the ending. I was going to go the other direction. Oh, well, we could do that if you want. Like, tell me about what you guys thought of the opening, right? Because I find the opening uh, hours, um, like the White Orchard stuff, to be really nice because I kind of like how they do small open world before they mm-hmm. give you the full open world. But mm-hmm. tell me what you guys thought, like why it didn't land for you immediately. Well, I mean, like we liked it enough. It, it's just like, it, it, it. I guess it didn't fully grab us, but like I... I it's hard to say because, like, we did enjoy what we were playing, and we did have a lot of feelings about like uh, different characters in there. I remember one in particular was like a uh, a female healer we thought was really cute, and like we didn't really know anything of the romance. Sometimes we're like, can we can we romance her? I don't know. <laughs> so we were very confused about it. But um, no, like I think like it was mostly like uh, Michael because um, we were we had <laughs> we had bought a Steam link off of steam for like eight bucks because no one fucking bought it and so it was our first real time playing like a big video game like this on a controller so like that was giving us some trouble um and like uh i i guess like michael was having some trouble getting the controller like figuring that out because he's so used to keyboard and so like the gameplay was a bit frustrating and we're like how do you do this (laughs) but after we got over that uh then we started having fun but and then it was also kind of just like we played it during a Thanksgiving break we had together when we were just home for a week. And then, like, we we were both in school at the time. So we're like, well, we just got to go back to school. And we got really busy. And we just kind of forgot about it. It, it. It's like, I don't know. I guess the story didn't really grab us that much because, like, we didn't know who Yen was. And we didn't really care to go look for her. And, like, it took me a little bit to, like, go digging on my own about the story of, like, okay, who are these characters? And, like, kind of mm-hmm. reading into the backstory a bit. So on, like, the, the, the wiki to uh, be like, okay, I kind of care now. Let's let's I'll, I'll push Michael to do this, and then he got invested too. And that's I guess that's our that that's how we felt. Not they, the opening wasn't bad. It was just like who who what who what who's going on? Who are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> who is this? <laughs> yeah, well, so that- much in her face at once. We didn't understand. That's actually a great perspective, and you're not wrong for having that specific thing around Yen because that's how a lot of people felt. Mm-hmm. Um, if you hadn't read the books. Yennefer's not in The Witcher 1 or The Witcher 2. Yeah, which surprised (laughs) me. Like, she's not in those, right? So, like, she shows up as this, like, mythical, oh, my God, it's Yennefer character for everybody that knows the books and for everyone else. It's like, why is this person important? Yeah. Um, So that's a really good perspective on it um, to have. Um, So, yeah, okay, I just kind of wanted to know. I was was curious when you said that. I don't know if we want to necessarily go through the plot because it is a long story. Um, yeah, a lot happened. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, well, here's actually here's a here's a fun. Before we get to the main event of Tris versus Jennifer, let's do this: Eskel or Lambert? Oh boy, um, like a, that's the undercard. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Okay. So hold on. I I can clearly remember who the characters are, but I'm bad with names. Lambert is the asshole, and Eskel's the one with the scars, right? <laughs> Yes, perfect. Perfect. That- All right. I I thought Eskel was really nice, a perfect gentleman. She should have had a bigger part. Eskel can suck my nuts and die. <laughs> Wait, what? Or sorry, es- Lam- Lambert. <laughs> Lambert. Lambert. Yeah, I'm bad with names. Um. <clears throat> yeah, Lambert is the, he's real headstrong in in Witcher Three, and he's not necessarily like that in one in well in one. Um, 
He's a little bit brash. He's the younger one, so that you kind of expect that. But they really turn it up to 11 in Witcher 3. Like, he's very much like... He's even kind of shitty to Geralt, right? Like, he's like, oh, fuck yeah. Geralt. I'm fucking better than you now and all this other shit. Yeah, and so, like, we're, we're sitting here like, who the fuck even are you? And you're just mad at us for no reason. Whatever, dude. <laughs> like, it just... It, it definitely annoyed us. So, yeah, that... Uh, yeah. We weren't I'll, fond I'll of him. T- I'll take the minority argument here because I think a lot of people agree with you. They find mm-hmm. Lambert annoying and a lot of people find it worse because he's so different from the way that he is in one. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated it, to be quite honest. I liked I liked the fact that it felt like he had been living a life away from the events of the game because I was like, yeah, why is he so aggro now? Mm-hmm. And they allude to it. I mean, part of the, you know, some of the quests that you can go on, um, you actually delve into his backstory and, and what oh, happened. Oh, yeah, the, the friend and whatnot. Yeah, like he's he's experienced yeah. loss. It's hardened him. It doesn't excuse him. Mean, he is clearly being an asshole. Um, mm-hmm. But I I like the character mm-hmm. aspect of like he was the youngest one. He was always a little bit cocky, but now like all the sheen has been rubbed off of him. He's a little mm-hmm. bit bitter now, probably before his time because some bad shit has happened to him. Mm-hmm. And so from a character standpoint, I thought that was interesting. I like how he ends up um, with Kira Metz. Um, so like, yeah. like he has his own little he has his own little sorceress romance thing. He seems like he is truly a character on his own story, and I love when characters feel like they have shit going on. Yeah. They're not just a sidekick for you or something. I uh, see, well, uh, see when I when we were doing the quest for the friend, I honestly thought that fr- it was like a friend. You know what I mean? Like it, it was a lover oh, okay. of his or something. I was generally surprised they were actually just friends. <laughs> Hmm. Well, I, they, I, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it was, and they just don't explicitly state it. I don't know. It just, it just, like, maybe it's just me, but I didn't ex- expect so devoted a friendship out of that guy. You know what I mean? Like, men can definitely have devoted friendships. I just didn't think that guy would have one of them. So I assumed uh. it was sexual in nature. So, and like, I, I honestly don't know what happened to Kira in our world state. She just like fucking disappeared because we said no to her date, which I guess shut down her quest line and we just never heard from her ever again like i know in some world states she could be like burned at the stake or whatever but like we never saw that i don't know what happened to her so like she gets burned at the stake if um if amir loses so i'm did amir win in your in your ending no i don't think he did so then i guess she just fucked off because she didn't she i don't think she hooked up with lambert in our world state either she just kind of vanished into the yeah. air <laughs> i i mean i kind of see that as the best thing for the both of them is that i mean don't get me wrong they're probably going to get each other into a lot of trouble um and i don't <laughs> think it'll last but at least for a while it'll kind of maybe balance them out somehow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i kind of like that indeed for kira and lambert i but i agree like as a person, I think Eskel is like, well, yeah, like if you were going to pick a partner, like a traveling partner, you would want to pick like Vesemir or Eskel, right? Because they're oh, consistent, definitely. like they're they're stable, they're loyal. But as a character, I'm like, Eskel seems like a good guy, but I'm like, well, what else? There's not too much going on with him. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I now you now you just got me off th- how, thinking of how much I liked Vesemir. <laughs> Let's talk <laughs> about Vesemir. Like- it's like my visit. No, I liked him a lot. He was he was like the nice grandpa guy, and I was. I mean, I guess this is farther into the game. Uh, if if you don't think we're talking about spoilers, you are very wrong. But when he dies, I was so sad. I was like, oh, it makes sense, but come on. And like, it just didn't feel worthy for for me. You know, like I was like, oh, he needed a better death. But I don't know. I felt sad. <laughs> and then you get to meet that that girl that like had a thing for him at one point, and we're like, oh no, I wish. I wish we could reunite you. Old people love makes me so sad. 
Um, no, okay, so yeah, that is... I loved that uh, when you find the you you describe her as a girl, which I think is appropriate, even though when you meet her, she's an old woman, right? Yeah, yeah. And she she describes like she asks about Vesemir because you're at the auction in um, I forget which you're you're at the auction mm-hmm. and she knows you're a witcher and she kind of asks about Vesemir and you get to to discover the fact that like they were lovers or they were together at some point. Um, I thought that was incredibly endearing, and of course, yeah, it's it's a it's a sad moment. Um, but I thought it added like this cool depth to Vesemir. Yeah, yeah, and like hearing all the stuff he did to to court her, and you're like, ah, oh, way yeah. to go, man! <laughs> yeah, it was really sweet. Yeah, <laughs> get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he's a he's a very excellent um, execution of that archetype of like the mentor mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Um, gets to you know again, we've already said we're totally spoiling the fuck out of this if you're listening to this, but like gets to lay down his life at the end gets to be a hero sacrifices himself for the group it, it is kind of like painful to watch because he goes down in a real brutal kind of a way yeah um but still i mean he fights like a witcher right like he goes down to the he fights to the end so it's very uh very epic way to go i guess yeah i don't know it still makes me sad but you know what you do what you do but um now what do you think so there like something that annoyed me about the game so much the entire series is that everybody wants to fuck Geralt everybody and it, it is just so annoying to me <laughs> and it was constantly just me and michael fighting off the women and i just don't get it i just don't get it um so that is a thing that's been a thing in the entire series um i got it yeah you know it's weird right <laughs> like it is kind of weird i don't know if i initially um I don't know if I initially felt it was as weird as everyone else did, but once it's been called out to me a couple times, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty goofy how everybody likes this guy who, especially in the books, like he's he's described as being like a, a pretty unattractive guy. Yeah. Um, like he's gotten definitely more attractive in the games somehow. Like every version of the game, he gets that. Oh he yeah. He looks like more and more of a leading man. Yeah. The first one was ooh, this guy. I don't know. And the third one, he's like, all right, like I can see why women are attracted to him at <laughs> yeah. the same time. <clears throat> not that um, much he looks like a mutant more in the first one which is actually what he's supposed to look like yeah um so it is weird um i don't know if i have much else to say about it except for the fact that it's weird Geralt, Geralt be uh he'd be getting down a lot <laughs> it just really annoyed me because like uh, when at one point we're like okay we're going to be loyal to yen and because we did that there were so many quests we just couldn't finish because we didn't want to fuck somebody you know it was awful. Like, there was at least, like, four or five quests where, like, because we didn't want to sleep or go on a date with someone, it, the game was just like, mm, I guess you don't want the full Witcher experience, then. <laughs> you want the full Witcher experience, you gotta get your dick wet, son. So, like, <laughs> yeah, it, it was just... Uh, I mean, I don't uh, think that they're wrong, though. I mean, I think that that kind of is the full Witcher experience in a weird way. Like, But why can't I play a romantic Geralt that's monogamous you know why does that suddenly the fan why is that no it <laughs> the, the game was constantly fighting us at every turn it was, <laughs> like we would auto flirt with Triss and we're like no <laughs> get out of here every time yeah. Triss is on screen and Geralt's like hey you got some nice titties or something like okay we, well that's not a quote <laughs> yeah that's not, that's not a quote but there were some flirty <laughs> things we couldn't control we were just we were just yelling at the screen like this is not our choice <laughs> I, you know i i agree with you from a role play standpoint that is an annoying thing to do when you are playing mm-hmm. an rpg and your character starts like throwing their dick at people that is mm-hmm. not you you feel violated not just in the in the way that you might think but you feel violated as a role-playing gamer yeah 
you want to have control over that character. And it's mm. but the, the tricky thing about Geralt is not only is he meant to be more of a set character within a role-playing game franchise, yeah. he is a set character in a different medium. Yeah. Right? Like, Geralt is a set character, and Geralt and Triss have a romantic ha- have had a romantic relationship. Yeah. So, like, like I, I get why it happened, but, like, for us coming into this series new and fresh, it was definitely annoying. And I know, and, like, it's a hard balance, yeah, because you want to be, like honest and to, to what Geralt is in the books and at the same time you want to give some players some anatomy like I'm sure there was definitely a lot of choices that you can do in the Witcher that the real Geralt would have never done you know True. I don't know what those would have been but uh yeah so I, yeah. I, I I don't blame them it's just like I would definitely like to see an RPG coming from them which maybe this is uh cyberpunk, cyberpunk 2077 yeah. yeah where where like you can fully have that experience without going Geralt don't say the thing about the so um, god damn girls with them titties no i i completely agree with you also like like it is a it's a catch-22 right like i have felt the same way playing Geralt, where i you know i kind of want to role play a certain way but then like i'm also thinking like well what would Geralt do like what would Geralt from the books do and then it kind you kind of end up feeling a little bit stuck mm-hmm. um it's unusual it was it was a unique problem to have and i think cd project red did okay they could have done better but they did okay at trying to deal with that um i think i think it's sort of in a, to talk about non-romance um there is this cool sort of running theme in the book of like Geralt has, tries to maintain witcher neutrality right if you've played mm-hmm. any of the games you hear about this concept of like witchers are hired to hunt monsters they are not supposed to get involved in politics mm-hmm. they're not supposed to be heroic necessarily hey some some innocent people are getting robbed on the side of the roads you maybe kind of if you're on a contract you probably shouldn't get involved you know according to the witcher's contract or the witcher's mm-hmm. neutrality rules <clears throat> but the great thing in that the books is like it's a running theme of Geralt says he's going to be neutral like a witcher but some convoluted situation always pulls him into the thick of it yeah um so that's a cool thing from the role playing standpoint when you're playing the game of like well should i help these innocent people or not you're breaking Witcher neutrality, but w- Geralt breaks Witcher neutrality all the time in the books. So yeah, that's kind of a fun thing about the player choices. You kind of get to you kind of get to play a little fast and loose sometimes, and it doesn't totally break canon. Now, because I haven't really played more than once, if you do play by Witcher n- neutrality rules, does the game punish you for it? I, I don't actually know. No, not in any not in any kind of significant way. Like p- some people will okay. get mad at you or say, "Ah, oh, you're not being a super goody two shoes good guy," but not really. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I I think I've, if were I someone who was really into the series, maybe that annoyed me about Geralt, and I wanted to suddenly pay, play Geralt. It's like, yeah, you finally read the rule book for once, idiot. <laughs> so that would annoy <laughs> me if the game punished you for doing that. Because I know Dragon Age sometimes has that, where if you pick the evil route, the game's like, mm, "You chose poorly." <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. Okay. Um. So, uh, let's 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 talk Siri now, because I I, th- I have a lot of feelings about Siri. <laughs> I love Siri. So, so I feel like what really drew Michael and I into the series is that, like, I really liked Yen. He really liked uh Geralt, and Yen and Geralt were kind of on of this this quest to find Siri, who like Yen's kind of the mother figure and Geralt's kind of the father figure so we thought it was like a really cute little family dynamic so me both Michael and I kind of I think 
fell for Siri a bit in like that daughter role. So like it, it was very cute the two of us playing, like trying to figure out what was best for our quote unquote daughter, you know? I, mm-hmm. I remember the one scene where um you know she's being asked by the uh uh it's not Coven. What's the witch's thing? The guild or whatever? What's it called? Um, the lodge. The lodge. There you go. They're being asked by members of the lodge if they want to. She wants to join the lodge or whatever. And Siri was like upset that she had to go. And we were like debating, thinking like, okay, should we? We. It sounds like she wants us to go, but we know she can do it on her own. So what do you think is best? <laughs> we're like having a little parenting discussion on the sideline. It's fantastic. Like, I, re- I really love those little moments when there was like something like wrong with Siri, and we get to choose what was going on. And Michael and I would just like sit down and be like, what do we think we should do here? As her parents <laughs> yeah and it was really cute and that's like a highlight of the games for me so i i like I, is are there people out there that like don't have that relationship to siri or whatever like, i i don't know i just did, did you have something similar i i totally well i don't know if it was similar from necessarily from the parentage aspect mm-hmm. of it um i i try to sort of treat her you know like Geralt is her mentor at the very least if i mean the game explicitly paints him as a father figure. I mean, he's oh yeah. Pe- people kind of reference her as his daughter. I think he even says she's my daughter to as like a cover. Yeah, I think he does as a way like he's clearly like a father figure or mentor, or however you want to think of it. But when you guys um, discuss like, oh, here's what we're gonna do when she goes to visit the lodge, etc. There, there are a few key moments for Siri. Have you guys ever looked up like an Indian guide or anything like? Mm-hmm. Did you look anything up? I have a story on that actually. Okay, so 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 that made me think of that, right? Where like I did the same thing naturalistically. I was sitting there going, "It's not best to just protect her all the time. It, it's not best to just like treat her like a child." And I and I thought that my decisions in those conversations might have an effect on the ending. The first time I played, not knowing, mm-hmm. and they totally do. Like I love the fact that when I finally started looking up guides for it, I'm like, "Oh wow!" Like the specific things that you say to her, dialogue choices that you pick. Mm-hmm. In in crucial moments for her, even though it doesn't spell it out that it's going to affect the ending, it can affect whether she like fucking lives or dies. Yeah, really. I I remember. Um, so we actually chose to go with her because we really thought she was scared and she was asking us to go. And we're like, okay, we know she could do it on her own, but if she if she wants us to go, we'll go with her. You know, like we like during the cutscene, we didn't say much. We kind of just sat back. We just like, okay, this is her thing. But apparently that's the wrong choice. <laughs> yeah, you got to let her do that one. <laughs> yeah, so I that was like, ooh, fuck. So um, we, I, I try not to look up too much information during when we we're playing and uh, around the time we were in, um, oh, the icy Nord place. I forget whatever that these things are called. But uh, I was like, fuck it, I just want to know what happens. Uh, so I looked up the guide. And I, I had realized, like, oh, fuck, I don't want her to die. Oh, no. Like, oh. <laughs> so I, like, had a panic attack. And I was like, not really. But I was like, oh, God, I, <laughs> we got to make all the right decisions now. Like, uh, I remember when it came to the uh, the uh, the cut scene where uh, you, you get to trash Avalok's room. Like, Michael, I knew, it was, I knew what we should do. And Michael turned to me. It was like, I really hate this guy, but like, we're supposed to be here on stealth. Do you think we shouldn't do the thing? I'm like, no, trash it. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually not that bad, but we gotta, <laughs> we, we can't lose Siri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like, you, you know, you know, what's interesting. Like, I love that decision as well. There's a point where she is, she's upset, right? Like she's mad and she wants to just like take mm-hmm. it out on, in this, in this moment. Like, 
I, I am very pleased with the fact that I don't know if I made every right decision, but I got mm-hmm. I got the ending that I wanted the first time I played without a guide. Yeah. And I got I got that choice right because in the moment I was just like, fuck it. Like, yeah, like, go ahead. Like you like it, it was basically Geralt being more of like a hands off parent and just being like, you want to fucking take your rage out. Like, it's not going to make a difference one way or another. Do what you yeah. want. Like, go for it. Yeah. And that turns out to be the right thing. Right. To sort of let her have her emotions in that moment and not try and, you know, tamp her down at that moment. Yeah. I, I will say, like, I think we're at reality. I don't think I would be fond of the choice. Not that he doesn't deserve it or whatever, but just, like, dude, we're trying to sneak in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that was the point. We didn't want him to know we were there. I thought that was the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, kind of ruins that. So, like, it was kind of impulsive, in my opinion. Wait, I'm but, trying like, to re- I'm trying to remember that. Isn't that after you got, isn't it after you go in there and realize that he's kind of booked it anyway? Well, no, he's already, yeah. No, well, he, you know he's not going to be there. You're just trying to find out more information about him. You do meet his elven... Consort, whatever you want to yeah, say. Yeah, I don't know who even the fuck that was. Even at the moment, I'm like, who are you? Yeah, so the cover's <laughs> blown either way. Someone yeah, knows I guess you're there. You're right. I guess you're right, yeah. So, so that's one um, But yeah, there's like those little moments where like <laughs> I, when I went through the first time, I did not know that those were the crucial, they having the yeah. snowball fight with her. Yeah. Um, I picked that also. Like I didn't know that that was going to be so important, but I love mm-hmm. the fact that they put these personal moments in there as a way of like helping to decide the ending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I, I think that's kind of the, uh, I don't know, where, where the game really shines is your interactions with Siri is like, I, I don't think I would like the game as much as I did if it weren't for that kind of story arc and then how they handled it with all the decisions and all the choices and like she'd become like either, you know, dead, the witcher or the empress. I think there's some others. I don't remember. But like it, it, they they handled it so well, and it really made you feel for the characters involved. And like they had some like really earnest emotional scenes, like when you know Geralt finally finds her, but she looks like she's dead. You know, and he just just kind of sits at the bed and he doesn't really oh, know what my. to do. Yeah, like oh that one that one was like soul crushing for like a little bit because we're like we finally found her and what <laughs> she's dead no. And and then just like the the pure happiness of like he just looks so happy when she wakes up like it's it's like those little moments like that you know that, that I think really make the game and as much as I like the discussion of Triss versus Yen and I am very pretend well I'm a little passionate about it but like the the I think the real thing is like the the game is nothing without your your um, interactions with Siri and I think that's one thing I why I don't like the rest of the Witcher games it's like yeah I fuck women and I kill monsters okay but the third game it's is awesome. I can fuck women kill monsters <laughs> and I gotta go after my daughter you know that's what matters to me yeah so um no I mean I agree with you I think the game the game gains so much from Siri and it is one of those things where like. I like The Witcher 1 and 2. I really do. Mm-hmm. I like Geralt well enough. I like Triss well enough. I like Zoltan and Dandelion and Yarp and Zigri and all these other cats. But, like, mm-hmm. the books have... The the novels always had Siri, Yennefer, and Geralt. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of weird that the games didn't really catch up to that three-person dynamic until The Witcher 3. Because no. the books all have Siri, you know, in different stages of her life, from when she was a little kid to, like, more closer to the age that she is in Witcher 3. But... It, the Witcher 3 is clearly, without a doubt, the best one, not just from a gameplay standpoint, but from a story standpoint, for that reason, because you finally have the trio. Yeah, and I think that's why The Witcher 3 has gotten so much acclaim, rather than the other two, is because, like, that is in a very important 
uh, trio that kind of elevates the narrative a bit. So, yeah, I agree. It's, it's it's at the heart of everything, and we can talk more about Geralt and Yennefer in the main in the main event here. But before before we get to that big discussion of uh, Triss versus Yennefer, let's go through some of the other ones. Like, what'd you think of Dandelion? <sighs> <laughs> probably described it the best okay. I could. Okay, all right. I, one, I will say that I hate the name Dandelion, and then for some reason Michael and I were in a restaurant talking, and we're like, I wonder what his name is in the original Polish. And we looked it up, and it was like Jaskier or something like that. I'm pronouncing it way wrong. And we're like, that is such a better name than Dandelion. They should have never translated his name. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, so then it, and then it's Dandelion. For some reason, at certain points in time, it's not Dandelion. It's Dandelion. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Yeah, it's right. just dumb. It's just dumb. They should have never translated that. Anyway, but um, I – it uh, he was uh, – He's like that friend that you're friends with because, like, he's fine and all, and he, he has a lot of good connections, but at the end of the day, you can only stand him for, like, five minutes. You know what I mean? I, oh, I, that's a harsh take on Dandelion. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. And, and like, he's, he's like, we were constantly, like, I, we were just constantly cleaning up his messes in the game. At least that's how I felt. We're like, oh, great. Who did you fucking get angry this time? All right, I'll be back to go do something because apparently this is the main quest now, you know? like, <laughs> Yeah. Look, there is there is a little bit of that for sure. Like that's And again, that is a running theme from the books as well. Dandelion tries to help. He messes things up. And then Geralt kind of has to rescue him and clean it up. Yeah, it, it it the I think the only reason I don't hate him is that we got the ending in uh Blood and Wine, I think is the DLC. It's the last one, where uh he breaks us out of prison and Michael and I were like, you know what, we don't like you, but that was a solid all right, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, I, I mean I would say also like just like I see him as more you said like the friend that's not that great. I kinda saw him more as like I kind of saw him more as like the kind of like the funny, goofy uncle kind of a character. Like what I really think is great is like he, well, he helps Siri. He tries to help Siri. (laughs) In some sense, he doesn't, he doesn't do the best job, but like he cares about Siri also, right? Like she means something to him too in that sort of like uncle role, right? Mm -hmm. And so when she needs help, she goes to him and he does his best, but he's dandelion. So he kind of screws it up. Um I don't know. I guess for, from that perspective, I sort of see him as being almost like part of the family dynamic. He's not that capable. He has a lot of like, you know, he's he's prolific or infamous, however you want to describe it, with women. He's got all these weird problems that he needs Gail's help with. Um, I see him as kind of like a lovable, goofy uncle. As someone who has kind of that uncle in my family that spoke to me. So you're like, okay, yeah, all right. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> Which on that I found out my uncle's a flat earther, so that's cool. <laughs> oh, well, that's that must have been a fun Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, actually, so my we were watching uh, this is a aside. We were watching a documentary on flat earthers called Behind the Curve. I love it; highly recommend it. Anyway, um, but uh, my mom turned to me and was like, oh, "You know, your uncle's one of those." I'm like, "No, mom." I'm like, "Yeah, I don't bring it up though." So I try to bring it up during Thanksgiving because I'm a shithead and I just really wanted to know <laughs> because you eat cringe for breakfast. <laughs> like pretty much, yeah. <laughs> my mom whaps me and goes, Caitlin, come on. Uh, not only does she eat cringe for breakfast, apparently she eats cringe for Thanksgiving dinner also. <laughs> I tried. No, no, that's a, that's a whole other story. Anyway, that was my Thanksgiving, trying to <laughs> ask, undercover, ask my uncle if he's nuts or not. That's fun. That is fun. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, okay, so at the same time, though, like my uncle, 
I don't want to spend that much time with you, but I appreciate like thank thanks for the 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 advice I will totally hundred percent use. But um <laughs> D- Dandelion is a he's a good spice if you use him in small amounts. Yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> it's how I felt about it. What about Zoltan? Zoltan Shive, your uh, dwarf friend. I see I feel like we didn't see enough of him in right. The Witcher Three and because three, you like, really don't. Yeah, because like he was just like, Oh, there's a dwarf with the mohawk. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There there was also um there was a quest we were supposed to do for him. And I forget the specifics for it, but I think we essentially had, like, he made a bad deal. Like, he got himself into some shit because he was dumb. And he wanted us to get out of it by stealing something that he had lost, rightfully. So me and Michael are sitting there and be like, no, you did something stupid. Deal with it, man. (laughs) So we just didn't complete the quest. That's a choice. That's valid from a roleplay standpoint as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we we had a couple of those where people were like, oh, I fucked up. Fix up my fuck up. No. (laughs) Suck it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know, I, I know, we're friends. But come on, man. <laughs> I do a couple of things. Uh, with with you know, there's a couple of choices I might make on that one as well. Yeah, so I felt the same way. I think Zoltan is another one of those characters that is well beloved from the books. Um, but you know, they they kind of include him, but don't really have a lot for him to do. Kind of towards the end, a little bit. You know, he's kind of helping to like you know defend Kermorin and the attack and everything. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's great. But as far as like big meaty story sections not really yeah he was barely there but i think i definitely have more feelings about regis than i do zoltan so that's fair let's talk about regis i mean that's dlc but that is the blood and wine is like it's one of the for my opinion one of the best pieces of dlc it's like a true expansion pack and regis is wonderful in it regis i will say i actually so going into the um Sorry, we're talking about the other DLC now. It was Blood and Wine and... Heart of Stone? Heart of Stone, that was it. Heart of Stone, I like went into it going, what the fuck? And then I actually re- ended up really liking that one. And then I was like, well, I mean, most DLCs, you have one good one, one bad one, right? So I went to Blood and Wine going, all right, here we go. And then I liked that one too. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. I like both of these a lot. Anyway, but um, no, Regis was like, I didn't know what to think when we met him. You you had told me previously that he was a bro. So I, I was expecting like more bro-y, I guess. Not like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Wait, did but I like, describe him as as like a dude bro? Or you mean bro no, as in like he's your friend? You, you, you meant like as like, you know, he's a good friend. And I took it as maybe a bit bro-y. And I, could, I couldn't uh, decide. <laughs> so that was yeah, my yeah. bad. But um. Yeah, I it, he wasn't what I thought he would be, which was was probably for the best. And like it was it was one of the things like I didn't know what to think of him at first, but then he was just so chill. And I liked him a lot, and I liked his attitude on a lot of things. Like something would happen, he's like, "Ha, ah, you win some, you lose some," you know. I'm like, "Thank you, Regis." <laughs> yeah. Thank you. He's so sophisticated in a non-uppity kind of way. Yeah, total No, he totally is. Like he he seems like a really smart, intelligent guy who is really fun to talk to. And you know what? I couldn't think of a better way to end the series of just like we're sitting at a campfire talking with Regis just chilling out. You know what? Yeah, that's how I wanted to end the game. It was nice. <laughs> it isn't it? Like really it is that. it it really is like one of the nicest end cap DLCs that is like you know, sometimes Citadel in uh, in Mass Effect Three can feel like it's all in cap. It's all I mean, it's literally half the DLC is a party. Mm-hmm. Whereas Blood and Wine is a really cool mission, and like mm-hmm. a lot, like a really cool quest line and and side activities and everything that you can do, plus a little bit of 
having a party with your friends, hanging out, having a vineyard, drinking wine, yeah. sitting, sitting underneath that tree <laughs> with Siri. It's like when I when I finished my main playthrough, my first ever playthrough of everything, like my last save file. Do you know what I mean? Was underneath mm-hmm. the tree and stuff. Like that's yeah, that's where we did you we stop. did the same thing. Of course, like everybody <laughs> does that. <laughs> So like cute. I have a I have a huge like um Ansel the Nvidia like screenshot thing like uh-huh. you can you can do like a super 8K like up res screenshot of something like I have uh-huh. a massive screenshot of that and like it's brilliant like that's exactly where I wanted to finish. Yeah. No, I agree. And uh, like yeah, it was just really nice. I I the main plot I'm going to say it annoyed me, but like in the way it was intended. Like just fuck Sienna. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Holy shit. Like everyone's like, oh, should we do mercy or whatever? I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> we we were like, this girl's dying. We will give her to I already forgot the the vampire the other vampire's name. Rat Red Detlef. Detlef. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we were like like without even talking to each other, Michael's like, Yeah, she's going to Detlef, isn't she? I'm like, yeah, she is. We're not why I don't care what's gonna happen. This girl sucks. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I yeah. So I was very passionate about that. But um yeah, and I guess touching on the other DLC, that one was really interesting to me because like you you at least I went into it like really disliking uh the redheaded guy. I'm so bad with names. Uh, uh Ulrich. Ulrich, yeah. And then he but like as I figured out how more shitty he was, I just felt more compassion to him. Which, like, that's not really something I'm alien to, because in therapy you find out, like, oh, I feel really bad for you, but you're also really shitty to my dude. I'm not going to see that to your face. Well, holy shit. <laughs> well, also, well, you're you're right, but, like, also, like, the beautiful thing about Ulrich, Ulrich is that, like, he is, he's a brilliantly written character, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. He is set up to be that way. Like, oh, yeah. you have, like, he has a character arc, so to speak, but when you really think about it, it's the the arc is sort of like what is revealed to you, the player, about him, right? Like the arc mm-hmm. is what you think and feel about him because he's generally pretty static. From the moment Geralt or the player meets him, he's already what he is. But as mm-hmm. more about his backstory gets revealed, all of this complexity starts to be shown about mm-hmm. him. And I love that. The fact that they set him up as being a major asshole and he's still a major asshole kind of by oh, the yeah. end of it, but you are made to have this compassion for the plight and the fact that Gontor Odim is just, I mean, literally the personification of evil incarnate in that world. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Gontor Odim? Because I love Gontor Odim. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Gontor Odim. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, that, you know what? Sometimes you find a character and you learn more about yourself and all the weird things you're into. And when Gontro didn't stop time, I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, you're. Oh, hello. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. It, I guess I'm attracted to power. I'm not saying like I would do him, but like I was like, okay, I can't. <laughs> oh, tell me more. This is weird. <laughs> He's oh, bald and getting... he's not that handsome. No, yeah, he's not hot. No, he's not hot. No, he's not hot. I won't say that. I'm just saying. What? What am I saying? No, I. No, I guess what I'm saying is the soulless romance makes more sense to me. You know, what I mean, oh, I romanced a god. Oh no, who's bald? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no, stop, no, stop being so evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so like. 
So you're just saying like more like the fact that he is really all powerful and mysterious and sort of like larger than anything else that Geralt has encountered. Yeah. And there's like no answers and you only have questions. You're like, ooh, right. yeah. Right. <laughs> tell a, me less. He's a, tell me less. That's, oh, man. This is, oh, that makes so much sense now. You're right. So let's tell me less. Yourself and you're embarrassed about it. End this, end this game on a cliffhanger, and we'll see you in eight fucking years. <laughs> That's why I've been here for so long, baby. <laughs> oh. I'm half joking at this point. That's 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 the entire Dragon Age fandom at this point. Like, oh god, it's so true, though. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, the weirdness, <laughs> me being weird aside, I did really, I, I do really honestly love characters that, like, no matter how much more information they give you, there's just more questions. And I think they did it really, really well in that, like, you know, um, and, and like, I love he had, like, a little cameo with the spoon lady in the last DLC, uh, Blood and Wine. And, like, I, mm. I love his little theme. I thought his theme was great. I, <laughs> I, I love the buildup of, like, you're, well, you're just playing the normal game. You'll find those fucking little kids singing that goddamn song that's really annoying. And I'm like, oh, that's such an annoying song. Sure. And then, like, I noticed the tune playing in his background. I was like, holy fuck, that's the guy they were singing about. Yeah, it's <laughs> Mind blown. Scary. Well, not only that, but, like, he's there in the first fucking 15 minutes of the game. Yeah, I, because I had fucking forgot about it. I didn't even know that till I was, like, wiki, wikiing him. Because I was like, is this a book character? No, it's just for the game. And then as soon as I saw that scene again, I was like, oh, my God, I remember that. And <laughs> that it, was that fucking guy. <laughs> he's so, like, omnipresent in that weird way, right? Where, like, even if it's you hearing someone sing mm-hmm. the theme, and, like, it, ner- it, it unnerved me. So I'm so fascinated by your take on him because I had a wildly different feeling about <laughs> Gontor Odim. So I, you probably had the same reaction as Michael then. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> Gontor Odim creeped me the fuck out. Like... Gonter Odim got under my skin in a weird uh-huh. way where, like, um, scary movies don't scare me, but um, what's it called? The Paranormal Activity one? Like, a low-key, like, not suspense, but, like, an eerie sort of supernaturalism mm-hmm. that you can never quite... Like, not, it's not the monster. It's, like, mm-hmm. the completely disembodied evil. That mm-hmm. unnerves me slightly sometimes in fiction. And, like, Gonter Odim had this sort of omniscience and, like, omnipresence about him and also, like, this thing of him sort of, like he can't die like there's really no way to kill him you kind of uh-huh. end up containing him at the end because there's no uh-huh. way to kill him something about him like the voice <laughs> actor as well just creeped me oh, the yeah, fuck he did out great. see i didn't feel creepy because in a way and maybe i'm completely wrong uh, like he seemed very like simple in that regard of like just don't take anything from him just don't take anything from oh, him oh but he and makes it impossible fine. not to take anything from no, him no it's it's very hard but just don't take anything from him. And, like, yeah. granted, as Geralt, you already have the mark, and that kind of sucks. Right. But after that, just don't take a goddamn thing, and you're fine. <clears throat> just don't let your desires overwhelm you, and you're fine. And that's his game. And you know what? I respect that. I think that's kind of interesting. Oh, he, 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 all he does is give people what they want. Exactly. And that's scary, and it's great. <clears throat> but yeah. as long as you don't want anything, you're like, you know, like what, what he... Oh, at the, at the very end of the DLC, because we did it before we got Siri, um, he asked, do you want to know anything about Siri? And we're like, nope. Right, yeah. <laughs> we don't want a goddamn thing from you. Good day, sir. 
That's exactly the right answer. That's exactly. And, and you're right. It's like, what a brilliant character. Because you're exactly right. Like, he gives people what they want, but, like, even more specifically, all he's offering you is a shortcut to what you want, right? Like, because mm-hmm. in some cases, maybe you could achieve that the long way without a fucking genie. But it's a great thematic um, sort of tool to be like, here's this character who represents shortcuts. Here's this character who represents an easy way to get what you want, but there's going to be some major consequences for that. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, it's a brilliant conception. And especially with the fact that Geralt is locked into it, doesn't necessarily have a choice because the you know player agency is taken away in that one moment when he gets the mark, which is slightly frustrating, but otherwise you wouldn't be able to have the whole story if you didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just found I, I found him scary as fuck, and I was you know um, the first time I was like trying to go through and like find solve the the riddle of like the mirror you have to find the water. Yeah, I'm just like oh god, what do I do? The cloud, the time's running out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. We were kind of freaking out about that too because we did try to save what's his butt. But, um, or whatever the fuck it was. I forgot the, the whatever. Anyway, but, um. We are going on like 50 minutes. And so like, how long yeah. do you want to go for this one? And also I will say, like we mentioned this before, um, when we were talking about this topic, we can come back and deep dive on some of these specifically. Cause I feel like we could deep we dive could. blood and wine like a yeah. lot. Yeah. I, w- I, I think I, I will say we already have a pretty big deep discussion on Yen versus, versus Triss. Um, so I kind of don't want to focus on that too much. Because Yen wins. Um, <laughs> but something we haven't even talked about is actually the main villain. Because I think the the main villain kind of does a Corypheus for me. Where, like, he's really scary at the beginning. And then for some reason, as soon as he takes his mask off, like, all of them, I'm just like, oh, they're fucking dorks. <laughs> they're dorks. <laughs> they're dorks. Model elves, like it's fine. They look like alien elves, but they look like dorks. So, like, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. I kind of had the same underwhelmed reaction of like, you know, he's not exactly as inhuman as he looks on the outside. Yeah, no, I really think it should have been they kept the mask on the entire time until maybe like one moment right before you're about to kill him, because then it goes, oh, he's a human dork. You'll never know. You know, like that's fine. But no, like the entire time he was unmasked i was just very underwhelmed and like the the boss fight didn't though the boss fight i was we were completely calm until there was one moment i we we had thought that siri died because um there wasn't like an immediate oh she survived so like <laughs> like after we finished the boss like both of us at least mostly me was freaking out like oh my god we got the bad end what do we do i thought we got everything right like we were more worried about that than like anything else with the you know whatever was going on mm-hmm. and i can't really remember his story that much why did he want siri he just wanted to, the, the hopping powers like i don't i don't know <laughs> they could i think they could use her to like speed about like basically open up a portal and bring around like the the the, cold. the convergence again or whatever yeah, there you go yeah but like i don't know i think he kind of suffered a bit of the corypheus syndrome where like he gets he's super powerful at the beginning there was like he wins moment and then just at the end i think i was more scared of the uh the weird ugly witches than than they were you know what oh, i mean the the fucking three witches were fucking intense man i which like i loved the character design on those oh they were like, so fucking hideous the one with like the flies coming out of her oh, eye or like, oh yeah. it's just so nasty so nasty but props to whever designed and modeled those brilliant. three because that was brilliant. great yeah that was great really actually a lot of the character designs in this are should be applauded like i totally understand why um 
most Dragon Age mods now have like Witcher three ports for like costumes and stuff. Excuse me, costumes and stuff because the costumes are great. Like, all the beautiful dresses and all sorts of stuff like that. And, like, I don't know what engine this is on, but it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, it's a custom beautiful. engine. So it's it's in-house. Like, they, they develop this. I think The Witcher 1 is actually built on a modified version of the Aurora engine, which is what Bioware yeah, the- used. Yeah, which is why there's so many Dragon Age or uh, Witcher 3, Witcher 1 ports to... Uh, to uh <clears throat> dragon age origins but yeah the cd project red engine was custom i think they made it for the witcher 3 i kind of almost wish bioware used it because like you see those beautiful dresses and you're like what could have been at Harlem uh, well, uh, i mean you're, you're not wrong about that but also just like for tw- again the game came out in 2015 and like the meshes <clears throat> and the um mm. i can't i can't remember the uh there's a technical name for it, but just like when you have like a belt or like a, uh, what's it called? Like a bandolier or something over an armor, having, uh. having depth on those two separate meshes so that it actually looks like an object on top of an object instead of one thing sort of stuck yeah. together. That's mm-hmm. really well done in The Witcher. And if you go back to 2015, there is no other game that comes remotely close to having no, like the- meshes that are that high detailed. Yeah, The Witcher 3 still hands up. I, I would say that only the hair looks a bit clunky now, but like even that's like really good still. Like d- just in the design of it, you know. Did you have like the, a, did you have the hair work settings all the way turned up? Uh I don't remember. <laughs> Cuz it does turn it down to like a medium by default because at the time it killed PCs. We Michael's because we were playing on a Michael's computer at the time because like I didn't have the fancy one. Um, we is a little bit older, so we might have not had it all the way up. And then there was also like the Steam Link thing going on, so like oh, I don't think we were playing it at max settings. Uh, so that's definitely something I want to go back to when eventually I get back to that game, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wherever that is. But yeah, I, I will say though, like um, the because I, I one thing we haven't even touched on is the actual gameplay, which unfortunately I haven't really played it because technically i watched michael but like watching Uh him play it like it was so in depth with like the different oils and like the the weapon types of like you know do you want silver for this monster or whatever and then the runes and then there's like the powers like there was just so much Mm -hmm. going on like all the time um like you really do use that bestiary like okay we're about to fight this thing let's go find this thing what's what's you know what's this thing need and, like, all the time, like, Michael would say, like, <clears throat> Katie, I'm about to fight this. Do you remember what's in here? I'd be like, oh, I think you need this rune with the, yeah. the, with the whatever, you this know. This <laughs> oil and this, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, it, yeah, so I, I, I really enjoyed that feature. And, and like, I, I will say, like, I know I have kind of, have kind of a unique experience because I was playing it with somebody. But it's actually really fun to play it with somebody because it's really engaging to try to remember, like, what do you need to do? What are some special things? that needs to come up oh i see a monster in the background that he doesn't see what does he need to know like it, i don't know it's just kind of fun to do that and like it's one of the few games where like i don't want to say it was backseat gaming but like it kind of helps to have someone be like remember put this oil on or oh your yeah. oil just ran out you know like oh, 100%. <laughs> I, was, I was i was the navi of the game I to guess. have like a co-pilot like totally yeah yeah not not many games that like it has that and it's it's not awful so like yeah, yeah so. that's actually really true so I, I really experienced I, I really enjoyed that experience. And if, if you're someone that has like um because like, I think it's not uncommon to have like you know, couples that like one likes to play the game or one likes to watch or maybe like to switch off. But like if if, if you like that experience and you haven't done the Witcher Three yet together, really try it because it's actually really fun. It's also fun, like when you have a, a, a like opposing opinions on like what you should do next. So you're having stuff. a little, you're having a yeah. little like couple spat on the couch to be like, no, we can't give the <laughs> villagers to the whatever. <laughs> that's super fun. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really interesting. And I, I'll tell you, gameplay wise, I mean, I've played it a bunch. I played it on Death March 
um, most recently. Mm-hmm. I fucking love the gameplay of The Witcher 3. I love the combat. Mm-hmm. I, I have done like a signs build where I, I really heavily focus more on signs. I've done mm-hmm. more of an alchemy build where I focus more on bombs. But I always feel pulled to just do like a straight sword build. I think it's actually a great yeah. hack and slash game. I love the very simple, very simple um, set of tools as far as I'm concerned, but a very complex fighting style that you can arrange with them of the half step, the full mm-hmm. dodge, and the mm-hmm. parry. Like mm-hmm. just combining those three forms of defense and then the type of enemies that you face, whether it's monster human, I can I can just fucking hack away at shit all day long on The Witcher 3. It's not the hardest game, and some people do criticize it for that, where, like, even if you play it on the hardest difficulty level, just make sure you dodge a lot, you know? Like, you'll be able to you'll be yeah. able to win, um, so there's that knock on it, but I don't know. I, I fucking love it. It's one of my favorite action mm-hmm. games to play. Mm-hmm. One, one thing I... Because this, this just came up to me. One thing I feel like I need to bring up, because it was Michael's favorite character, Michael really loved the Baron. I've been meaning to thank you because I I kept mentally reminding myself to talk about the Bloody Baron quest yeah. um, at some point because it's iconic in the in the Witcher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like I wasn't a huge fan of him because because I feel like I took the woman's perspective of like ah oh, he hit his wife <laughs> fuck him but like I think Michael more like just kind of felt bad for like this guy he's definitely flawed he's done some really shitty things but like he's he's really trying to make up for that and he like he made some really bad mistakes that cost him everything and like you just kind of feel bad for the guy and he's really trying to make it right like he's trying to find his wife he's when he finds out that his uh, unborn daughter who wasn't buried right is like haunting like he he like especially the scene where like he's uh, uh cradling the daughter and like trying to like put her to rest you know, I was like, I don't know, we we were both kind of sitting on the couch going, oh, man, this poor fucking guy. <laughs> so, yeah. And, then, and like, we had the ending where he killed himself, you know, so we're like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. So, like, I don't, I don't know. It, it, I just, I, I, Michael really felt for the guy. And it was kind of interesting to see, like, his, his workings on that. So, um, anyway. <laughs> it's, it is a, it is a brutal, like, dark yeah. you know serious quest line and it, it there are so many moments i mean you just mentioned a couple of them there if he decides to take his own life or the moment mm-hmm. when they're when they are trying to um like you said sort of cradle this unborn child it's like wow like there were some crazy these are some crazy heavy moments in there that it's weird because mm-hmm. you expect you go into a game like the witcher thinking yeah they're not going to pull any punches there's going to be some pretty dark storylines but <laughs> i never i never thought they were going to go that deep yeah totally I don't know. So, especially since, like, at least us were going into this, like, oh, we're going to go find our daughter. And then, like, this guy is, like, you know, his daughter is haunting him or whatever, you know, unborn daughter, whatever you want to say. And we're like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, we're <laughs> sorry, man. This is, ooh. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah. And then, like, the whole, like, because we, yeah, the witches creeped us out. And then, like, the lady, well, I forgot what the, his, his wife was going by another name for a while. I don't know what it was. But uh, and like we felt for the daughter who was just trying to do it right by her mom. Anyway, yeah. So it was that 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 quest definitely left us with the ah oh, man. Like we just felt really yeah. bummed. And then we go to the new city and like we're going like the the main quest is helping Dandelion out. We're like this is such a three sixty as far as moods go. Right. So yeah, I I really think that might have been the darkest main quest. I, I I I can see some like side quests or whatever, but like for the main quest, yeah, I feel like that one was one of the darker ones. Yeah, when you leave Velen, you're right. There is but it's all it's also like kind of desperately needed. Like I remember having that feeling every time. Like when you get done with all that stuff and you're like, 
let's let's just get the fuck out of Ellen. Like I remember even yeah. even going back into those same regions for side quests afterwards would make me be like, whew, you feel a little heavy when you when you ride into Velen. It's like swampy and it's just like not nice compared to, you know, uh, being in the cities or going further north or going to Skellige or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of I, you know I appreciate the the change of pace immediately after that because you're like whew. Like, yeah, I need some jokes. I need something. (laughs) I wonder if the Hinterlands would have gone over better if you had some quests like that where he's like, you know what? Maybe I do need to get the fuck out of the Hinterlands because I can't take it. (laughs) Like, I'm just sad. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Where, like, you have a lot of, like, um, because Velen wasn't the first one, but, like, it it was, it's the very, what is it, like, the second or something? Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to go out to talking about Inquisition, but I, I have yeah. thought about that more and more about like why, why the open world stuff doesn't work as well. I think it has to do with like they they did unfortunately try to straddle. Right, it is ostensibly an open world, but it's a map that you have to load into. And I think for Bioware fans, <laughs> once you once we load into a map, there is an old instinct of un uncloud the map, like see everything. And that just sends you down this like, you know, 20 hour <laughs> spiral. Whereas if it was truly open world, nobody says, oh, well, I have to stay around Whiterun and Skyrim because you can literally just keep walking. OK, I will say uh, I, I, that was Michael, though. He refused to move on to any places until we had explored the entire map and cleared off everything until we got to Skellige and there was a whole bunch of sailing stuff that we had to find. He's like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> but. Because he hate we we both hated the boats, but um I you know I would say I I would differ from that saying what it really needed was that when you actually like dig into the storylines that are in the specific maps they're actually pretty good storylines and very interesting you just have to read it you know right <laughs> people don't read right. people true. don't read you don't want to sit you don't want to you you were just you were just fighting you were doing something you're kind of pumped up let me go read a novel you know like this, i'm not trying to knock reading but like there, you have to be in a mood and sitting in front of your computer and reading is not exactly very comfortable and i think the witcher did it perfectly in that they had people talk to you mm-hmm. you actually heard people emotions explaining like what's going on like there was that um one extremely bizarre quest with your horse and there's just like an old lady doing whatever and she makes you drink something and now your horse is talking you know (laughs) what the fuck even was that but like they had little mini quests like that all the time and i think that's what dragon age needed because dragon age is about the people you meet in their stories and it's so much interesting much more that's so much more interesting to hear that from the people rather from their journals and i think that's what they really suffered from at least that's my opinion no i agree with that that's a good observation mm -hmm. so Anyway, I, I think we're I think we're a little over time uh, a little bit, but um. are we really are we gonna we teased folks and now we're gonna make them wait for the Jennifer Triss showdown? I mean, like we kind of talked about it in one episode, though. I mean, we we could talk about it now. Fuck Triss. What's your opinion? <laughs> uh, no, I think now we should save it because I don't want to get started now. Okay. Unless unless okay. we should do another one and we should just make it the Triss Jennifer showdown. I, all right. Well, if the people want a Tristiana for Showdown, we have a whole episode of Tristiana for Showdown. Well, we can uh, also talk about Shawnee. We can talk about, you know. Ah, fuck. Like, like I said, fuck Shawnee. She's nobody. <laughs> She's wonderful. She's sweet. <laughs> so is my dog, but I don't fuck her. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn. Katie throwing shots out at Shawnee. Dang. She's a good friend, but she looks like she's fourteen. Come on, guys! Gosh, like, she does not. No, it's I don't know. Hashtag shots fired. 
It's the socks. Is that what it is? That's why. That's why. No, I don't even remember the socks. I just remember going, oh, do we have to not try not to fuck another girl? <laughs> Whew, boy. Anyway. Actually, you know, great timing, right? I mean, it, this is not actually something that we ever thought of, but I just now realized the Witcher TV, the TV, the Witcher Netflix oh. series is coming out really soon, right? Isn't it in like a few weeks? I have not been following that. I don't know. Uh, Witcher Netflix release date, December 20th. Wow. Are they coming out the same day as Star Wars? I mean, I know, no. it's not, I know it's not a movie, but good Lord, that's interesting. I mean, why not? It's not like they're competing for money. You're right. You're right. They're totally not. I just kind of feel I'm so, you know what? That's actually great about the Netflix model and the streaming model is you can have stuff mm-hmm. like this come out and it's not competing with Star Wars. Yeah. Brilliant. You know what? Uh, there's something. Oh, no, hold on. There is a movie that is coming out that's competing with Star Wars. Cats. It's a really bad movie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, good luck, you sons of bitches. <laughs> cats. It already looks terrible. You can compete with Star Wars. Well, like, Fuck you. Every... That's like a producer situation. They're just in it for like the bad money. No, like every time this happens, there is there is a market for that. It's a very small market, but there's what what do they call it? Counter programming. Where like there's mm-hmm. they always try and put some event on when the Super Bowl is on that will appeal to everyone who hates the Super Bowl. Do you know what I mean? Like the, but it's like you're not. Have you the seen the trailers for I, Cats? I've seen little bits of it. It looks like dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who is loving dog shit but doesn't like Star Wars? Yes, I'm saying Star Wars is dog shit. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm sorry, dude. What? Say that again. I got confused. How dare you? <laughs> I don't like Star Wars. Well, that's uh, a, everybody's wrong about something, Katie. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Just like you're wrong about Triss. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Walked right into that one. (laughs) You still haven't seen The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi, correct? No, I haven't seen any of it. How much Uh, do people have to give to charity for that as a goal, for you to watch all of them so you and uh, I can do a a review episode? (laughs) uh, I don't know. (laughs) Probably a lot. We'll have to figure that out. it's, It's not that, like... It's not that, like, I hate Star Wars. It just seems boring to me. I don't know. That's a whole. And, like, it's like, oh, it's a girl doing Star Wars. Yeah, I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just because there's a woman in it doesn't mean I'm going to go fucking watch it. Come on. (laughs) Laser swords and space magic is still the thing, so. Yeah, I still have to to deal with, you know. And I feel like there's, like, a lot of pandering. Okay, whatever. That's a whole. We should end this before we start going into a whole other topic. (laughs) There is a lot of pandering, but you're right. (laughs) People get mad when you point out the obvious that there is pandering. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Jordan, we gotta go. Okay. Yeah, where can the, where can people find you? Uh, the folks can find me at the Exultant March on YouTube, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Katie, where can folks find you? You can find me at Gilderton on Twitter and YouTube. All right. With that, everybody, dress your all.